Welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Now today in the studio I have got Dan Eaton. Say hi Dan. Hello Dan. (laughs) You just said hi Dan. Okay cool and so just to introduce Dan. Dan, um, I met met you a couple of years ago Dan and uh, met at multiple streams of property income event, one of Progressive's uh, training events and so you decided to get into service accommodation then, Dan. But before we get into service accommodation, just tell, tell me a little bit about your background prior to meeting a couple of years ago in Bristol, wasn't it? It was in Bristol, yeah, Bristol in 2017. So before that, I was in the Royal Navy. I was a communications technician. And for about 10 years, that was all great and uh, life was good. Then as, uh, as I progressed with my life, you kind of grew up a little bit, not too much, obviously. Uh, and we got married and had children. Actually, we had children and then got married, um, but that's another story. <laughs> and um, I was spending more and more time away from... And this was with a naval officer it as well. It was a naval officer, A, yeah, a so. female lady officer, uh, you know Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the children's side, yeah, yes, right? Yes, You know what they just, say about the Navy, Dan, do you know what I mean? To clarify, just to clarify, absolutely. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, we um, had children and I was spending more and more time away from them. And uh, the, the deployments were getting longer and they were getting closer together. So I decided... Pretty much on the when my my daughter, my second child was born, that that was enough time for me to to leave. In fact, it was before that. It was when my son was born actually that I decided I was going to leave. And um, I decided to leave, and I thought, well, natural progression of these things. Having always been brought up to to go to school and have a job and try and get a better job and all the rest of it, I thought, well, I'll, I'll go into the corporate world because that seems like a logical step from the navy. I was doing a lot of project management, so I moved into project management, and I moved into project management in the corporate world. Uh, and it didn't take long for me to find out that what I was now doing was spending more time in the UK, but still more time away from the family. Or even when I was at home, I was working on someone else's projects or I was doing lots of home homework, if you like. So I was still with the family, but I was still spending as much time away from them. So when the opportunity arose to, to go to a multiple streams of property event, one of my friends, good friends, Craig Phillips, suggested I go along to that. I went along with this kind of, oh, well, you know, I've always wanted to get into property, but didn't, Craig, Craig didn't was know in, how. The, in the Navy as well. Craig, he, yes. He was a wee bit ahead of you, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Property he's, journey. he's about two years ahead, I think, okay, at this yeah. point. Uh, and he, his journey was, was similar in terms of looking for something else, made some mistakes, then found progressive, and then right. kind of got a path. Uh, and then when he was doing well and saw it worked, he, he, he suggested I come along as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I did. So I went along and, uh, and I met you, your good self. And yeah. I thought, well, if, if the army can do it. Uh, <laughs> I suppose I, de- I deserve that one, yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, and so you, you actually um, got into service accommodation from that point. I think mm-hmm. you, you attended Progressive's Masterclass course as well, the four-day course yes. um, as well. So there's some really good stuff to learn. And, and you know, with the two things together, um, you know, you forged on, you made the decision to, to crack on um, uh, with service accommodation. So it's, tell us a little bit uh, about that. Yes, yeah, certainly. So... Like you said, I did the masterclass, which gave me some of the foundations of, of property investing. Uh, and then I, I knew I was going to do service accommodation because having already 
the, the knowledge I already had from the multiple streams of property event, having a look at my area. I didn't have any money to, to, to start doing BRRs or buy refurbished refinance or, or any of those sort of strategies. So I needed a high cash flow in strategy that worked in my local area and service accommodation was that answer. Cheltenham area. Cheltenham, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So capital values are quite high. Didn't have any money. Um, also, when we set out what we we're going to do in our property journey, we decided that we were going to set our values up about what we were going to do for, for myself and my wife, Vicky. Um, and we decided that whatever we were going to do in property, we'd only do stuff that we ourselves would live in as our family. So it kind of ruled out HMOs because we couldn't live as a family of four in a HMO. So that's why we decided that, that we weren't going to do HMOs. We were going to do the other high flow cash strategy, high flow, high cash flow strategy, service accommodation. Cool. And so you, I'm, I'm assuming, well, I know that you, you started off doing rent to service accommodation. Why, why was that? Exactly as, as there. High capital values in Cheltenham. Didn't have any money to spend on this. So rent to SA was the, rent to SA is the quickest high flow, high flow, high, high cash, cash flowing flow. strategy. So that's why we chose to do rent to SA. Cool. And so from doing rent to SA, um, what then? What, what have you branched off into? So the rent to SA started- You're still doing rent to SA that's now, it, right? Yeah, we still, yeah have, okay. so we still have our original properties, the and ones two, that we started two years with. in? Two years in now, okay. yeah. So we've got about 30 properties now that we run as service accommodation. Uh, 10 of those are rent to SA, so our own uh, rental income into service accommodation, the rest we manage for other people. So we've stepped into the more management spaces uh, and specifically more around block management for SA as well. So we don't tend to do a unit here or a unit there. We tend to do blocks of units. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we've just taken on some this week, which is a block of seven units. Prior to that, it was a block of nine units. So we kind of specialize in that sort of management for others of blocks. Okay, great. Um, so rent to SA, Mm-hmm. Um, block management, so not uh, not management of individual units, just of, of blocks. Yeah, yeah so for you, SA, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the leases, what people need to understand with regards to the, the lease and working with block management companies, etc. and develop, developers. Yes, yeah, so all ours are direct to either the developers or the freeholders. So there's no, we don't need to worry about leases being a problem. Now, quite right there, Kim, because one of the things that a lot of people need to think about if they're doing rent to SA in a block, particularly if it's a new block uh, and it's like an individual unit, is they may have a lease on that property that prevents them from doing so. So the way we avoid that situation is working directly with the people who own the leases or the developers who build the blocks and we tell them what their leases need to say. So we don't have any lease problems, we don't have any management company problems, it's all done from the source, if you like, so we don't have to worry about the leases. Okay, great, great. And you're also involved in um, getting into development, commercial conversion. That's right. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the, the way that property can work is it can be a journey. So you can start doing one thing and then you can build you know, cash and you can get to your first goal or your milestone, whatever you want to call it. And then you might move on to the next one and then you might move on to the next one. So we used our rent to SA to get the income in so we could then free up our time from work to then do other things. So now what we're doing is we've got a, a six house development on the go with some of my business partners, and we've got two commercial conversions on the go, which will go into SA as well. So now we're building the units from scratch to then run as SA. Cool, and I, 
Just, just one thing that has just popped into my mind. You actually won the Progressive Property VIP Investor of the Year type, type uh, award yes. as well, didn't you? So yeah, 2018. Yeah. I think we're sort of getting a, uh, an understanding of why. So well done. <laughs> well well done on, on everything that you're doing. You're obviously forging ahead. You mentioned work just, just then. Mm-hmm. So you clearly don't need to work. Well, no, I'm, I'm, well, I, I know you now, don't I? So yeah. I know you don't need to work anymore. But just for people listening, don't need to do that anymore. What's it like now? Oh, it's, it's really good. I mean, I still do the occasional freelance day as part of the multiple streams of income part. As a project manager? As, as a project consultant, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I still come in and do some stuff like that. Um, but it's my choice now. So I don't have to, I mean, one of the things that's really good, I mean, we just had the summer holidays, so I've got two young children, eight and 10, they were the reason we left the Navy. But we've had all summer together. So we've had all summer every day with the kids. And I've never had that before. Mm. Um, and that's been absolutely fantastic. So we've been able to plan our days around what we want to do rather than someone else dictating what we should be doing. So we don't have to worry about getting up in the morning and then turning to work or go to work for the boss to tell you what you're doing to during the day or have any expectations from anyone else about what we're doing. It's all on us. And it's really, really liberating. Uh, and, you know... I would definitely say if anyone was thinking about doing that sort of stuff, it is fantastic if you can do it to be your own boss. It's brilliant. Sure. And so for a lot of people listening to this, um, clearly Rent to SA started you off. And I, I'm always saying to people, look, if, if, if having a big pot of cash is the problem, that's actually a, a, a nice problem to have if you haven't got a, nice, a big pot of cash. Because what that forces people to do is something like rent to SA and often what I find is people that have got a pot of cash they, they've done my training and then a, a year later they're still waiting on the right property to buy to do SA and someone that's doing rent to SA like yourself all of a sudden saying I've got 20 30 um, and then you've moved into the bigger projects and you've clearly now got some capital to um, deploy into bigger projects and because you've got some credibility I'm assuming um, that you are able to, to raise funds and to, and to use your expertise and other people bring some money to the party. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that has evolved? Uh, absolutely. So the commercial conversions we're doing at the moment, we've got two on the go. One of them, we're just on the, getting the, the paperwork to finally complete on it in the next couple of weeks. And that will be a 12-unit scheme build. Uh, so build seven, convert five. That is using other people's money. So I haven't got my, any of my own money in that deal. Uh, and that comes from, like you say, being the credible, being able to, to and look at... You've, you've arrived there in two years, from, from a standing start. Yes. In two years. And a lot of people think, wow, I, I don't know, that's 10 years, 15 years away. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think you kind of touched on the point really a minute ago, when you're talking about people who have got a pot of money and a year later they're still trying to find the deal that fits their pot of money. It's very much like that. Because I didn't have any money and I didn't have anything that was constraining me in that sense. I had to think differently. So I had to do something like a rent to SA and that worked really well. So then to apply the same sort of principles, I want to do a development into SA. Well, I haven't got any money. Well, that doesn't need to stop me because I don't need money to do it. I just need someone else's money. So we've got some investors who are getting some really, really good returns on their investments into these deals because they know that I'll be able to deliver what I say I can deliver because of the track record I've already got. And one of the things that, because um, it's, it's very, very powerful, it needs to come from people that are not necessarily teaching it, which I do. And so therefore people are thinking, mm, I don't know. So it needs to come from people like you, absolutely. And 
One of the things that I do say to people, but whether or not they listen or not, you clearly did, um, is that people invest with other people that they know, like, and trust. And sometimes it only needs to be one or two, you know, like and trust. And that's a very, very valuable commodity that most people possess. Most people are likable, most people are trustworthy, etc. And then the other thing that you that you mentioned that I'm going to um, highlight as well is you're able to um, offer your investors a better rate of return than they're getting in the bank. And that is extremely powerful. And that's something that people with no money don't realize that they are the solution to the problem if they just go and get the knowledge. So you went and got yourself initial some training, then you went and put it into practice, and then you got some experience in SA. Then you were able to use deploy other people's money that sat in the bank going down in value because of inflation deploy it into property and give them a better rate of return on their investment and you're living proof that that can be done right absolutely and it has to be i mean it for me my journey it took about a year for my mindset to shift into that space that realized that just because i didn't have any money in the bank that was my problem but other people have got problems of having too much money in the bank, and that is their problem. And it took me a year to figure out that that was a problem, because from where I came from, that was never really a problem. You know, it's never really a problem to have. But if you've got money sat in the bank and it's going down in inflation and you don't know what to do with it, then investing it in property is a really good way of getting a good return. As long as you do it properly, do your due diligence, make sure you're doing it with someone who knows what they're doing. And one of the things I'm always saying is that... Um, the most important investment you can make is in yourself because no one can tax it or take it away. And the most important asset is knowledge. And that's something that you have gone and got yourself the most important asset. And now, now there's no stopping you. So listen, Dan, it's, thanks very much for coming in and uh, letting me speak to you and record you know, this interview. For you, the, you, you were recording this. I was recording this, absolutely. This was not the rehearsal. <laughs> and so now it's really useful. And I'm, I'm sure the listeners will uh, appreciate, some, um, you know, your journey um, and, and how well you're, you're doing. Um, for anyone that w- wants to get in touch with you, um, you know, I'm presuming you're, you've got some social media, uh, perhaps a website, your, your, your companies, uh, how might they, they get in touch? Yeah, certainly. So um, find me on Facebook is probably the quickest way, Facebook Messenger, but I can put my, my details in the... I'm presuming there's more than one Dan Eaton. Uh, oh, yeah, good point, actually. <laughs> so it's the, the, the Dan Eaton and the Progressive <laughs> Property um, Group. But I'll put um, my email address, the best one to get me on is daniel.eaton at pivotalpointproperties, which is all one word, .co.uk. And um, your essay management company, things yeah. like that. People maybe they're in your sort yeah. of area. So, what sort of areas are you interested in taking on new business? So generally the south. So we've got stuff at the moment in South Wales, in Cheltenham, Gloucester, and in Greater London. So any of those areas, we've got established teams, so we can definitely take stuff on really quickly. Uh, or if people want to kind of work with us, that's great. Um, other areas around the south, absolutely, we we'll look at those. So anything sort of south of Birmingham, that'd be fine. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much, Dan. And as I always finish these podcasts, here's to your success in serviced accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.